Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Mean Line Media presents the Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Kevin Waits, and welcome to a new episode of Safe Conversations, where we unpack our bags. We, could, we talk about race, we talk about culture, we talk about everything that makes us different so that we can somehow all move forward together. Now, I always like to remind people to uh, do not think that safe means soft. We talk about real issues here and nothing uh, is, is off the table. So tonight, I'd like to welcome a special guest. I'm really excited about her. Her name is Fuchina Kirkendall, and she has a name of purpose, a name of purpose. So welcome to the show. Well, good evening, and thank you for allowing me to be here. And I've heard that before, believe it or not, that I have a name of purpose um, because it's unique. So thank yeah. you for inviting me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll just jump right into it. Can you tell us, start off by telling our listening audience just a little bit about yourself, your background, your family, your education, anything you think we should know? Okay. Well, my name is Pachina Kirkendall, and I'm originally from, I was actually born in New Jersey, raised in South Carolina, so I'm always going to claim a uh, Southern heritage. I'm a graduate of Charleston Southern University. I'm also, I'm now, um, I'm now live in Atlanta, Georgia, been here for 10 years now. I'm the founder and CEO of Chronicles of a Favorite Woman. And actually that story was built on my testimony. And so I'm very happy to be here tonight to share a little bit about that with you all. That's awesome. So, man, you said a couple of things that kind of hit me hard. Number one, you from South Carolina. What part? What part? I'm from... I've lived in Charleston, but um, I was raised in Pineville in Berkeley County. Okay. I spent most of my time growing up in Charleston after we moved. We moved from Harlem when I was about 10. Okay. And then I uh, spent uh, the rest of my time growing up in Charleston. And number yeah, two. Was, yeah. Number two, we both graduated from Charleston Southern University. How about that? Whoop, whoop, whoop. All yes. right. All right. So listen, you mentioned... Uh, you know, you're the CEO of your company and you started your company based on your testimony. Uh, I know, again, your name has purpose. And before I've even heard your testimony, I already know what time it is. But can you share with our listening audience your testimony and how you ended up here and where you are today? Okay, awesome. Thank you. Um, I'm a survivor of childhood sexual molestation. I went through that for many years from kindergarten to third grade. And um, as a result of that, it ended up being, um, it's one of those things you feel like you're hiding it because it's such a secret, but you end up showing it in your actions. So I really had to suffer in silence because I didn't have anyone where I could, that I trusted that I could tell someone my secret. Um, and what I think what really did it for me, because I want to get people to get an understanding, you know, 
when I was younger, I lived in a rural area, so you were seen and not heard as children. And adults were always right. The kids were always wrong. And my um, my predator, my molester, he was a family member. And I remember, you know, we had these, um, at their, back in the day, they had phone lines. And everybody who lived on the same road shared the same phone line. And I overheard him talking to a female. And, and I got upset. And um, I did, I popped off at the mouth. And when he came over, he told my grandmother, and guess that's who was raising me. And I thought this would be an opportunity to talk about it. But instead, I got chastised and slapped. And it was right in front of my molester. Just took all my power. It was at that moment I said, I knew I had to defend myself. I cannot trust no one. I can't be with anyone. And that carried on throughout my years. So as I was carrying around this secret, I was going through the residue of being molested. You know, the um, not knowing the understanding of boundaries, not understanding, you know, um, who I am and whose I am because I had low self-esteem. I mean, all of that traveled throughout my entire life until finally um, I got married and my marriage didn't last very long, but I found out I really needed to go get help because as much as I was trying to uh, cover this, I could not. I will say the first release of that came my senior year in high school. I finally met someone who I actually trusted, who I knew didn't have any intentions, no motive. And I, I don't know what made me talk about it, but I just started bawling. Um, but I told him I will always forever be grateful because he provided that platform for me. As a result of it, it just ended up into a lot of things, insecurities, uh, promisc uh, being promiscuous, addiction, sex addiction, it led to a lot of things until I came to the realization that I knew I couldn't go any further. And once I was able to come to that realization of who, who I am, whose I am, I allow God to come in. It wasn't an easy step because I doubted that too. But once I understand why he, why I went through what I went through, it's because I'm here today to help others and let them know you don't have to suffer in silence. You can speak about it because there's power in your story and power in your voice. Well, that that is a, that's an awesome testimony. Um, and as you were talking, you know, my mind... I've been in law enforcement for 24 years. And first of all, you know, man, uh, you know, hearing your testimony makes me emotional. It makes me emotional. Um, because, you know, the listening audience can't see you. I can't. I can see your face. And do you know what your face says to me? What? It says I'm free. Thank God, glory. <laughs> That's what it says. That's what I see. Your face says, I'm free. And to have that type of peace, hearing what you've been through, is a miracle. That's a miracle. It's God. So as you were talking, two things came to my mind. I remember... Uh, man, being being a detective and working a case similar to situation you were you were telling me about your testimony, and I remember how the young lady's family 
was in denial. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to believe it. Close family member did not want to believe it. And I mean, it took, in the case that I'm talking about, it took a full term pregnancy in a DNA test for the family to finally believe it. I remember during the court proceedings, this young lady sitting on, on her side with the victim's advocate by herself at the beginning of the trial and mom was sitting on the other side. But as the evidence started to come out, things shifted, but I couldn't help but think, and I can only imagine because I hadn't, you know, I hadn't been through it, but I I couldn't help but think that what would probably hurt me the most is the people that I trust, I believe in, I look up to, they don't believe me. They don't believe me. That's one situation. The other situation, you know, I spent some time as a police chief and I was interviewing a young lady. And, you know, it was her second interview. And and my question was, you know, you go through interviews, we've all been through interviews, right? And there's certain questions you want to ask just in the structure of things. But I wanted I wanted to go beyond that because I always try to get to know who people really are. And so I asked this young lady, I said, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to be in law enforcement? And her eyes filled up with water. And she said, sir, it's because I want young people in my community to number one, know that they can come out of my community and be somebody. She said, and outside of that, I was molested as a child by my uncle. And I never, I felt alone. I couldn't talk about it. I was afraid. And the same thing you said, she said the same term, I suffered in silence. Until finally, I got an opportunity to speak on it. The issue was resolved in in terms of him being held accountable. She said, but I want to be that person that young people can go to because I didn't have anybody that just jumped out at me that I felt like I could. So she said, I want to do this because I want to be that person. I want to fill that void. I want to stand in the gap. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, why haven't we hired this young lady yet? You see what I'm saying? So thank you for sharing your testimony because again, it, it, you know, it stirred, it stirred me up and brought some things back to life for me, but thank you. I mean, you, you are truly, you are truly a miracle. Can you, so you have a podcast, uh, you talked about your company, but I want you to go in deep and, and really tell us about your podcast and your movement and your purpose and how it's changing lives. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I, first of all, I commend that young lady because I do understand that's the reason why I'm here today and the reason why she's doing what she's doing because we want to let people know that you don't have to suffer in silence. There are other people going through the same thing you're going through and you don't have to be afraid anymore. That is the purpose of my podcast, Chronicles of a Faded Woman. I create an environment that any and everyone can share their story regardless of what it is, without feeling the need of being judged, without feeling ridiculed, without feeling someone's trying to condescend you. 
That is the purpose of what I do. My goal is, is to help people understand you're not by yourself and it's not your fault what happened to you, but it is your responsibility to do something with that. You could stay stuck or you could do something with it. And I realize, like most of us realize, is that what happened to me wasn't for me, but it was for somebody else. That is the purpose of Chronicles of Prophetic for me. Because I'm here, even this evening in this podcast, to let people know it's not your fault that you were molested. It was not your fault you were traumatized. But it is your responsibility on what you're going to do with that. Because that's your test that became your testimony. And your testimony is designed to help other people who are going through the same test to pass. Because you are, God has made you a living proof and witness that if he brought them through or brought me through, I can help you. That is the purpose of Chronicles of a Faded Woman, the podcast. It is to give people a voice. One thing you said uh, that hit me hard was that you made it, you made it, and and how you feel like it's your responsibility, you know what I'm saying, to help other people. At what point did you realize that, though? Well, God gave me that vision many years ago, many, many years ago, but I ran from it. I ran from it. Um, I've always did public speaking. I've worked in nonprofits, you know, United Way and all that for several years. Um, and I was good for helping everybody else. But I was shy when it came to helping myself. And it wasn't until after I had my second child at the age of 40 um, when I realized this has got to be something better for me because I went through a lot with his father. But I knew that he had something better for me. And I just got to the part where I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I just submitted myself to him. Um, there were so many moments on that. But I can't say the very exact. I can tell you the exact moment when I did the show. That would probably be the most significant thing. 2008, I was in church in North Charleston. I was listening to a sermon. And something just popped in my head. And I just started writing the vision down. Started writing the vision down. Started writing the vision down. Took the notebook, chucked it. Didn't even think nothing else about it. Some years afterwards, 2020, 2020, no, 2012, um, I heard about Blog Talk Radio. Okay, I have a lot to say. So I set up an account, um, didn't do nothing with it. 2019, and by this time, God was stirring up, stirring me up. I can't get no sleep, nothing. It was just like a, ba- a a mother eagle to a baby eagle, making the nest uh, very uncomfortable. And I just remember channel surfing one night, and I saw, I ran across Steve Harvey morning show, out in his evening show. And I'm not a fan of his evening show, but I was drawn to it that night. And I remember Tyra Banks coming on talking about how she started a makeup line and she stepped up totally outside of her comfort zone. She went to school, did what she needed to do, and she started her makeup line. And she said really what the bottom line was, she came to a ledge, closed her eyes, held her breath, and jumped. And that's when I said, I'm getting ready to do my show. And I said, I'm going to set a date because I knew if I set a date, I will be, uh, I will have to do it. 
So I set the date of August 11, 2019, and I knew there was no backing down now. I started getting my page and stuff together, what I wanted the show to be and blah, 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 blah. I was talking to a girlfriend of mine. She was going through some stuff and she was called to speak. And she said, I really don't want to speak. I said, this is the time you need to speak when you don't want to. God has a message. And she said, my title is going to be 15 reasons why I don't want to speak. I said, that's it. That's the first. That's my first message. That's going to be the name of my first show. And so, of course, I got her permission. So my show was uh, my first segment was 15 reasons why I didn't want to do this um, podcast. And she was actually my first guest. And, and that's what I knew then. Uh, once I knew, I I was like, I, I understood what Tyra Banks is. You know, sometimes you got to do it afraid. Even when you're afraid, even though God does not give us a spirit of fear, we're human. We're going to be afraid at times, but you still have to do it. And I did it. And once I took that leap of faith, he has never let me fall. There's been ups and downs. I've wanted to give up on many occasions. God was like, Mm-mm, I got stuff for you to do. And when I didn't think I was reaching people, and then I found out I'm in several countries, I was like, okay, so maybe I do have something to say, <laughs> you know, but I'm very transparent uh, with my audience. I'm, I don't hold any questions. I, I'm transparent. I got to tell you, you know, I got this idea for you. You can, you can run with it if you want, but you got to get that T-shirt made. You got to get that merch made that says, do it afraid. I love that. Do it afraid. I love that. You got to you got to get that merch. So you talked a lot about your vision. And I think it's awesome, you know, how God will sometimes. You know, sometimes we just think he's just going to fall out the sky and say, hey, go down there, take a left, go to the corner store and walk in. And we know it doesn't always work like that. Right. Sometimes he'll sprinkle a little breadcrumbs. You know, you can you kind of pick up on it. You're like, man, do I go to the left? Do I go to? But the most important thing is we got to keep moving. Right. We got to do it afraid. So you talked about your vision. At any point, has it been a challenge to try to get people to see or understand or support your vision? Yes. And, and mainly comes from the internal family. Um, I think more of it, I heard, you know, I heard something you said earlier when the young lady had to go to court and she told the parents, you know, I had to deal with, well, if that happened, mm, okay. Or I had to deal with, I'm not going to support you. Mm. Or I have to deal with, if you slander my name, blah, 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 I'm like, mm. Not that I'm coming out of darkness into mm -hmm. the light. Not that I'm stepping out on faith. But you're worried about how it makes you look. Or you don't believe it because you I, I don't allow you in my space, in my business. And I, I know, I just have to make this plug. I'm talking from parents particularly. When your children will always let you know something is not right. You know your children. You should know. It's something just totally opposite. Find out why they're doing what they're doing. Kids will let you know what's going on without letting you know what's going on. 
be active and find out why. That's important. That's important because again, kids will tell you, like you said, they may not walk up to you and, and pull your coattail and say, Ma, Dad, A, B, C, and D. But if we watch our kids, you know, and I think today, oh man, it, I think it's harder because I think kids have uh, more challenges or, you know, maybe not more challenges, but more distractions, right? Social media, right. gaming, and a lot of times today, parents are paying attention, but they're, they're really not paying attention. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because for whatever reason, they're distracted as well. And it's, uh, but if we would just pay attention, listen and watch, you're right. We could, we could learn a lot. Okay. Yeah, well, let me put some truth. Let me put a little truth in that real sec. Okay. Some parents use that as a, 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 a babysitting tool mm. with things that we're going through right now. Electronics, mm. iPad, it's a babysitting tool. And you still have to pay attention to what's going on mm -hmm. with your child. Because I am that parent. Go check your stuff. I'm going to check your stuff. I'm going to check you on your Facebook page if you're not mm -hmm. doing what you're supposed to do on your Facebook page. I'm going to give you the opportunity to have your leeway. But if I find out that you're doing something outside, I'm going to check that too. Yeah. So I've had to learn because I had I had a hard lesson with that. So I had to learn that, we yeah, we're going to get involved. We need to get involved. We need to pay attention. And let them know that their voice does matter. Stop telling your kids what to do, what to say, how to think, what to think, because they have their own. They have their own. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, you know, them older folks, sometimes, a lot of times, they, things are different today. You know, when I was, when I was a, a young, young fellow, teenager, early teen, and I got to the age where, I thought I had it going on and I had it all figured out. I remember uh, I wanted to take a young lady to the movies. And my mom said, hmm, okay. Well, call her house. I'd like to talk to her mom. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, ma'am, I don't want to do that. And she said, well, you can't go. If I can't talk to her mom and and we can come to terms with the agreement that, you know, you're going to be a gentleman and you're going to pick her up and treat her nice and bring her home on time and keep her safe. And I can't talk to her mom about that and, and make sure we're on one accord. You can't go. So in my mind back in the day, my mom worked for the FBI, the CEA. I'm like, what? why she want to be in my business? And she says, boy, you ain't got no business. <laughs> what you talking about? I want to know if something goes wrong, where to start. And it was about my parents holding me accountable and being accountable for me. And things have kind of things have kind of changed today. Things have changed. What would you say to someone going through the same thing or something, a similar struggle that you went through uh, to encourage them or help them? to make it through the other side like you did? Well, to let them know that it's always, it's always a work in progress. There's no, there's no finality with anything, okay? It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. 
the purpose of your story is to help someone else. You're not by yourself. It doesn't matter how people may look at you some kind of way. It doesn't matter how they talk to you about some kind of way. You have to know yourself and know who you serve if you serve him. What I would say is understanding and utilizing the power of your voice. And once you understand the power of your voice, that is something that you will no longer give away anymore because it's yours and only yours, okay? And then learning how to utilize it. The second thing I would say is forgiveness is for me. What do I mean by that? You have to forgive. Do you have, you mean I have to forgive the person that did this? Yes, because it's not for you. Excuse me, it's not for them. It is for you. So you could take yourself out of bondage. Take your power back. No one could take that from you. You have you give it away. Do not give it away anymore. Take your power back. And once you understand your power, once you utilize your power, then you go back and you go and help somebody else and pay it forward. Was it hard for you to forgive? Yes. Hmm. And when you forgive, not only do you forgive the person that betrayed you, violated you, whatever, the biggest and the hardest forgiveness was I had to forgive myself. I had to take myself on the bondage. And that is an ongoing thing. I don't care. Yeah. People, if people tell you, no, they lie. It's an ongoing yeah. thing because Satan is very busy. He's crafty and mm. he knows what to use, when to use it, and how to use it. But once you stand firm, you stand firm. And if mm -hmm. you fall, boop, no problem. Get up, dust yourself off, keep it moving. You fall in, boop, that's okay. You almost got me, but I'm still moving. Boom. If you got to crawl, if you got to walk, if you got to get a walker, if you got to get crutches, just keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Mm. You know, I'm going to make you laugh. Uh, I had an experience. Forgiveness is something now. Forgiveness is a powerful mm. thing. And, uh, mm. and I want to share with you something my daughter told me one time. Uh, my daughter says, she said, Daddy, I've been working on something. I said, well, what you working on? She said, I've been working on something called the critical grace theory. She said, not the critical race theory, but the critical grace theory. So I said, wow, that's a pretty cool play on words. And she said, yeah, it's really all about giving grace to yourself and forgiving yourself. Um, she said, because once I can do that, I can forgive other people. And I was like, wow, it was heavy. That's the first thing I thought about when you were talking. The second thing was you reminded me of an experience I had with someone I used to work with years ago. This person was always trying to sabotage and do things a different way. You know, I'm pulling one way, they pull another way. And, you know, I had some ill will, you know, kind of, you know, I'm easygoing. Just like I am right here is how I always am. But I felt some type of way. So someone randomly says to me, and I knew it was a message from God. Someone randomly says to me, didn't know what was going on. They said, hey, you need to learn how to pray for your enemies. So I looked at them like, why are you telling me that? 
Well, I'm just telling you, God wants God want me to tell him. You know, they didn't know what was going on. And when it was said, I knew that was the only situation that it could apply to. So you're going to laugh at me, Ficini, but stick with me. I said, okay. And I remember the first time I prayed for this person, right? I said, I'm sitting there, I'm like, dear Lord, please bless so-and-so. And I said it with my mouth. But do you know what I was thinking in my mind? I said, dear Lord, please bless so-and-so, even though I want to whip his ass. That's, that's you know, that's where I was at. And, and so, of course, I know that that prayer didn't go anywhere. You know what I'm saying? But I kept on, right? I kept on. And I finally got to the point to where I felt like this person was so miserable. You know what I'm saying? And my anger for that person turned into empathy. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I was at that point. And so, you know, even I had to condition myself and, and work myself up to that point to where those prayers really, I, I was genuine and sincere. But once I got to that point, everything changed. And that's when the magic and the power started. When I got to the point where I could pray for an enemy and mean it, it was on and popping. I mean, that is when everything changed for the better. So I feel you on that. I mean, and, and, I, and I appreciate the way you laid it out and said, take your voice back. Take your voice back. That is so awesome. So you were honored recently. Um, can you tell us about that recognition? Yes, thank you. Uh, it was a, life, a presidential lifetime achievement award. Uh, and gosh, <laughs> that caught me off guard, but as a president, I'm just not big on that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> but um, it was a recognition for the things that I'm doing um, throughout the, the community and, you know, what I do internationally because um, I speak on platforms, international platforms. So it was just helping people. One of the things I've always wanted to do since I was a little girl was always help people. And my cousin brought it to my attention. She said, that's all you've ever talked about as a kid and look at you now. You're getting recognized, you're getting awards. And so it's for me just doing what I'm passionate about, helping people. So you answered the question, right? But you kinda you kinda put it you kinda minimize it a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Now, I heard what you said. You said a presidential Lifetime Achievement Award. So are we talking about the president of the Rotary Club? Are we talking about the president of the Neighborhood Association? I mean, what are we talking about here? Okay, so it was uh, President Biden and uh, Vice President uh, Kamala, but we, they were not there at the presentation, which was interesting. They were not there. So I was an honorary along with other people, um, people from all over the United States. Uh, we went and got our awards, and um, it's interesting because a lot of the women and men that were being honoree 
are people that I know from pocket from doing my platform speaking. And it, it was so nice to see them in a collective group uh, where we are networking and stuff. But um, the only thing I say is it's a awesome, it's a, a honor uh, to have that award. Um, it's not for me. It's all, it's not, this is not even about me. It is about me being a vessel for God. And so I just have to give him the honor and the glory for it because he allows me to do what he's, I'm doing what he is calling me to do. Mm. And as time goes on, you know, I don't mean to minimize it, but it's just one of those <laughs> things where I'm happy I got it. It's great. Yeah. You know? That's, you know, thank you. And let's go on to the next project. That's you know, right. what's another soul that needs to be saved? You know, nothing hurts. I want to give voices. But I say all that to say it doesn't matter where you come from, it's where you go. Yeah. It doesn't matter what background you come from, what how many things you've done. I just talked about this on my Chronicles for Comfort Moments. So I do that on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, I told them, take it back. Take the, you know, we walk around in shame and people, we have a tendency of allowing people to keep us in those shame, mm-hmm. you know, while they stuck in your past and you stuck in the future and, you know, take it back. Mm-hmm. And when you take it back, you just move forward. And that's what it's all about. Take it back. Yeah. Take it back. Take your power back. Yeah. Don't worry about the shame. Don't worry about the blame because what people have to say is not your problem. Mm-hmm. It's not your problem. Yeah. All you need to do is keep it moving and use it as a resource. Because I used to feel bad when people throw my past in my face. But then God was like, did you see how far I brought you? So now mm-hmm. I take it as, you know what? Yes, I was good. Because I'm not going to tell you when I sinned, I enjoyed it. Yes, mm-hmm. I did. And I'm not going to sit there and say, but I'm no longer that preacher anymore. Right. So, yeah, I did what I did. And I was good at what I did. But as a result of what I did, I've been delivered from what I've done. Come on. So I can right. deliver free. So do you want delivered? Because I can, hey, we can do this now. So I had yeah. to learn to shut it down. You shut right. them down. Right. Yeah. If you want to throw your past, that's fine. Let me tell you how I can use it. Because now mm-hmm. he used me. Because yeah. I've been there and I've that's done right. that. And I can that's bring right. you there too if you want to come. Wow. Wow. So my dad used to say something when I was a kid that I didn't understand. But I, I I got it now. He would say, Kevin, we're all actors in God's production. And so, Ms. Kirkendall, I thank you for playing your role and playing your part. I really do. I thank you for taking your voice back and utilizing your voice to help other people heal. I thank you for recognizing that it's not really about you. You know what I'm saying? But that is bigger, you know, and if more leaders today could operate from that posture, man, our, our, our communities, local, state, federal, this globe could be something for the better. So I thank you for those things. Um, can you tell me how, if somebody wanted to check out your podcast or somebody wanted to reach out to you, contact to you, how how could they get up with you? You're muted. Uh, oh, yeah. If they want to reach out to me, they're more than welcome 
reach out to me on several ways. Um, I am on Facebook. I also do, when I do my part, um, I do my radio show, I do a Facebook Live, and that's on Sundays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you are not on my page, it's Tina Kirkenall. Um, and I'll spell it. It's F-O-U-C-H-I-N-A. And my last name is Kirkendall, K-I-R-K-E-N-D-O-L-L. Or you can actually go to the Chronicle page, Chronicles of a Favorite Woman. And that's the Facebook page. You can always tune in on that. Like and share. Check us, check me out. Um, you can also come onto the radio show and you can do that by logging to blogtalkradio.com forward slash uh, Chronicles of a Favorite Woman. I know that's a lot, but Chronicles of a Favorite Woman, if you go to blogtalkradio.com. Once you go there, just type in Chronicles of a Favorite Woman and you'll see all the replays from all the previous shows and also what's coming up next. I, I am on Instagram under Chronicles of a Favorite Woman and under Fuchina Kirkenall. So those page, I just started my IG page, but I'm excited about it. Um, mm -hmm. Take me to a level. And I am also on um, LinkedIn as Fuchina Kirkenall. Right. So if you want to email me, you can email me at Fuchina at Chronicles of a uh, Fuchina K at Chronicles no 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 Chronicles of a FW dot com. Now that's a long one, or you could do C O A F woman at gmail dot com. That was my original. And I also have a website, Chronicles of a FW dot com. All right. That's awesome. That's a lot of information. But you know what? Yes. The funny thing is, as you were talking, I'm like, as unique as your name is, if somebody want to find you, they won't have they no problem. <laughs> you can go to Google and type yeah. in my name. Yeah. And I promise you, you'll yeah. find everything on yeah. me yeah. on that page. Yeah. Yeah. God knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. Yes. Yeah, yes. what he was doing. So you heard it first here from Kuchina Kirkendall, who I tag the Lady of Purpose. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time with me tonight and chopping it up and being transparent and sharing your story. Would you come back? Almost definitely. You all been listening to uh, the latest episode of Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits. We had a wonderful guest, uh, Miss Kuchina Kirkendall. Uh, we 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 heard her story, her testimony. And, uh, and we just lift her up and, and encourage her to keep on doing what she's doing. And I will end the show by sharing with you my favorite saying, and that is, don't just be good, be good for something. And I can truly say that Miss Kirkendall is good for something. So I always like to remind you, do not get it twisted. Just because it's safe doesn't mean it's soft. We talk about real issues here. I'm Kevin Waits. I'll see you next time. Peace. The Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast is hosted and produced by Kevin Waits. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcasts. 
Find Kevin Waits on Facebook at Kevin Waits and join the Safe Conversations group. Follow the Mino Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mino Line Media. Get the Mino Line Media app in the App Store or Google Play. The Safe Conversations with Kevin Waits podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production. You've worked hard for what you have your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.